Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher Podcast 29. And uh, today I'm going to be looking at Joseph's story. Remember last week we looked at Mary? Well, today I want to take a look at Joseph's story. We hear a lot about Mary at Christmas time and we hear about the shepherds and we hear about the angels announcing the birth and we all know about there being no room at the inn and Jesus being born in a stable. But one person you don't often hear about is Joseph. Why was he chosen by God to raise Jesus? What can we learn from the one that is always in the background. That's what I want to talk about this morning. I gave this talk a few weeks ago at Christmas time, but Celtic preacher was tied up with her flock at Christmas time, so she never had an opportunity to record this. But as I was looking back in my notes, I thought, you know, I want to tell you about this. I want to tell you about Joseph, because this story from Matthew 1, chapter 1, gives us so many spiritual truths that help us today. We can learn so much by looking at Joseph and how he dealt with apparent betrayal and how he dealt with grief and how he dealt with misunderstanding. And it's not like his difficulties disappeared after the baby was born, right? There's two things about Joseph that our passage lift up this morning And one is, is that he's described as righteous, which I know is kind of an unusual word and we don't often use it, but it's a great word and I'll talk about that in a bit. And he's also described as kind. Two things about him. He's described as righteous and he's described as kind. Now, the interesting thing about kindness is most of us like to think of ourselves as kind people, right? We're not perfect, of course, but we think we're relatively kind. But it's surprising what dark urges surface in us when we believe that we've been betrayed in some way. And Joseph, at the front end of the Christmas story, certainly feels betrayed. Mary has told him that she's going to have a son. He knows he is not the father. He is engaged to her. He's obviously feeling betrayed. Of course, he doesn't believe her story about Gabriel, right? Now, about kindness. You know, you can view yourself as kind and loving until someone hurts you in some way. Maybe they pass on a bit of gossip that isn't true, or maybe they stop you from getting what you want in some way, uh, or you view them as trouble, or, or maybe you're not affirmed the way that you would like to be affirmed, or maybe you're not listened to, or maybe you feel like you're not cherished or loved. Or You see, the point is, is that it's when we're opposed that kindness is tested. It's when we're opposed. When everything is going the way we want, it's not that difficult to be kind. It's when we're under pressure that it's difficult. It's when we're hurting 
the test comes. So when we're stressed or fearful or unhappy, that kindness is tested. So it's interesting that the text mentions that Joseph is a righteous man, kind man. So he finds himself engaged to a woman who is not carrying his child. He makes a decision to divorce her. Not that surprising, right? Not that surprising. Now, the customs and the laws, of course, were very different in Bible times in comparison to today. One of the big differences is, is that if you were divorced and if you were engaged in Jesus' day, you were under contract and you had to divorce her in order to get out of your engagement. So it's a little bit more serious than just uh, an engagement today. Yet you actually have to divorce in order to get out of the engagement. So although Mary and Joseph were not living together, they're still living in their households with their parents, uh, or she's living with her parents, he needs to divorce her in order to break off this relationship. Now, he had several choices. He could marry her quickly and say the baby was his. He could abandon her, although he'd get the blame. And fathers that abandon their children are never seen as good in any society at any time. So he could have abandoned her. Another thing he could have done was he could have exposed her unfaithfulness and he could have had her punished. Because adultery was a very serious offense in those days. I mean, way back in Deuteronomy, uh, women could be stoned to death for adultery. What would he do? So he has, he has choices. He can marry her, adopt the baby. He can abandon her. He can expose her unfaithfulness. He can have her punished. What would he do? Matthew 1, verse 19 tells us that Joseph was a righteous man and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to divorce her quietly. This is the act of kindness, by the way. Okay, I'm just going to let you go. I'm just going to let you go. You go your way and I'll go my way. And then this text says that he's righteous. Now, we don't really use that word too much. Dikalos is the word in the original Greek, dikalos. And, and dikalos means to actually do the right thing. It's to actually do God's will. To move it into action. So if, the funny thing is, is that we can believe something. Like, for example, I can say, I believe that forgiveness is God's will, but I'm not necessarily willing to forgive you. Right? But to be righteous in this usage of the word means that you actually do the right thing. So it says Joseph was a righteous man. It's like if you are trying to bring some good changes to your life, that, like January, this is the type of year for the resolution, right? This is the time of year everyone does their resolutions. It's typically the time of year people think about making changes, taking up exercise programs, losing five pounds, whatever it would be. You think about what you would like to change. Well, to be righteous is to actually, you would want, you would have to move it into action. It couldn't just be a thought anymore. It'd have to be something that you could actually move into action. 
righteous is the way that Joseph lived. This was who he was. He's the type of man that chooses the right path. And not just chooses the right path, but he follows through on the path. So he has some choices. He can divorce her publicly, divorce her quietly. It does not occur to him to believe her story that she wasn't unfaithful and God brought this about. And character writes the story for Joseph because at his core, he's kind. And he has no interest in revenge. He has no interest in getting even, blaming, paying back, punishing. None of these things. He'll divorce her quietly, let her go. That's the end of it. The decision's made. Verse 20 tells us he is resolved to do this, and he goes to bed. Now, I've always found this part of Joseph's story fascinating because uh, it's a done deal. He's not wondering what to do. He's not seeking God's will. He's not in a dilemma. He's decided upon a course of action. So the fact that he's actually willing to change his mind and listen to God and follow through is worth thinking about. He resolves to divorce her. He goes to bed, falls asleep. Verse 20 tells us that he has a dream. And in the dream, he is convinced God is speaking to him, or the angel actually is Gabriel, because Gabriel's very busy this time of year in December. He has a dream, and he's convinced that God speaks to him through this angel in his dream. Now, for most of us, once we've made up our mind about a situation, about a person, a course of action, we tend to hold fast, right? We see this all the time in politics. Why do you vote the way you vote? Because your parents did it. People hold fast to their views year after year, never revising, never rethinking, never changing, entrenched, locked, firm, immovable. Right? I suppose that's why it's so difficult to find a spirit of cooperation in Washington because the human tendency is not to change our minds once our mind is made up. Well, Joseph isn't like the majority. Joseph was willing to change his mind. So he's in this deep sleep. Verse 20, do not be afraid. This is the angel speaking in his dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The child conceived is from God, the angel said in the dream. Now, you may be the kind of person who would never listen to a dream. You may be the kind of person that can't even remember your dreams. That's not the point here. I think the main point is Joseph is willing to change course. He's willing to change his mind and he's willing to do something else. In other words, Joseph is not rigid, nor is he set in stone. Don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. Don't be afraid. Well, what is he afraid of? Well, we really don't know. We don't know. The text is silent. But I do think that this is an encouragement, in a way, to all of us who have to enter new territory. 
you know, new scary territory, whatever that would be, to take the next hesitant step. Don't be afraid. Afraid of what? What were you afraid of, Joseph? Were you afraid of disapproval? Were you afraid of failure? Were you afraid of being inadequate? Maybe, maybe. Being hurt? Misunderstood? Uh, Who knows? But I think the lesson is it's not easy to change your mind even if you firmly believe it's the right thing to do and then act. It's like forgive that person who's hurt you or be patient with that family member that causes so much strife within the family. Yeah. To say no when you've said yes for years. To try again when you feel like you're a failure. To begin something new that you haven't tried before. Many changes can be challenging, can't they? Well, Joseph's faith, his righteousness, his desire to do God's will, moves him into action. He takes her as his wife. He adopts Jesus, raises him. Joseph's faith moves him into action. This is when we truly know we're willing to change for God. You do something. See, saying I believe costs you nothing. Saying I believe costs me nothing. Saying I should do something costs me nothing. Faith is always action. You confront when it's your natural tendency to avoid conflict at all costs. That's faith. Now, you could say, well, I just avoid conflict at all costs. That's just my personality. Yeah, well, we can say that. But we can't say that and also say we're following Christ because we're not. We're following our personality then, right? So it's like, okay, well, what are we following here? We're following our personality. We're following our temperament. Or... Are we walking in faith and learning how to follow Christ? You know, saying I follow or I believe costs nothing. You're generous when you're natural, when you're naturally cautious. That's faith. You stop saying something or doing something that you know isn't uh, helpful to you, nor those around you, nor your community, nor pleasing to God. That's that's moving. That's righteous. It's not easy to change your mind if you have to admit to another person you're wrong or you're sorrow, you're sorry about something. It's not easy to change your mind if you if it will upset your routine or if it will inconvenience you, even if you know in your heart of hearts God's leading you. It's easy to ignore the angel. Very, very easy to ignore the angel. It's very, it's difficult to say no when you've said yes for years. It's difficult to try again when you feel like an utter failure. It's not easy to begin something new if you haven't ever tried to do it before. Take on a new thing, you know. Many changes can be very challenging, very challenging. Well, Joseph listens and follows through. Let me leave you with that application here. Because Christmas, January, New Year, often often a challenging time. 
Certainly a challenging time for many people in their extended family for various reasons. Any time there is expectation in the air of peace and goodwill toward all men, ah, okay, red flag, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Any time there's expectation in the air, peace and goodwill, love, is a challenge. Someone recently asked me, well, what are you supposed to do when you don't feel like love? Do you just gut it out? Which is a great question. You know, because we don't always feel loving. We don't always feel patient and kind. We don't always feel generous, gracious. And it seems to me that being righteous is about doing the right thing, even if we don't feel it. We take the right action. And yes, it may feel like gutting it out, so to speak. But knowing this is the right thing knowing that this is God's will, to be gracious. I think we have to learn to leave our feelings, our hearts, our emotions, our temperament, our personality, really. Our dilemma uh, has to be left in God's care. We don't follow. We can't continually follow the guidance of our brokenness. If Joseph followed the guidance of his brokenness as a pan betrayal, he would never have married her. We don't want to continually follow the guidance of our brokenness. In fact, we want to choose away from doing that. It's a conscious choice. Even if it feels the most natural, familiar thing in the world to do, we choose away from it rather than follow the guidance of our brokenness because we're following another voice, right? Like Joseph modeled for us perfectly in this text. We don't follow our own brokenness, which is most challenging because the heart is relentless in its recall of hurt and loss and betrayal. All ego-driven, right? We acknowledge the tension. This This is really prayer, right? We acknowledge the tension. This is prayer. God, I don't want to. Follow the guidance of my brokenness. Joseph listened and he acted. He took Mary as his wife. He adopted Jesus. He raised him. Very little is recorded about Joseph, but each time something is recorded, he listens and he follows through. Every single time that man's name is lifted in the scripture, which isn't often, he listens and he follows through. Yeah. He listens and follows through. There's the heart cry. God, help me not just listen. Help me not just learn. Help me to do it. Help me to be righteous. Let me be like Joseph so that I can actually move all this stuff into action and change and not follow the guidance of my brokenness. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. We've been looking at the wisdom of Jesus for the 21st century. You've been listening to Christmas Part 2. And next week we'll be back on our usual schedule. Join me again next week for another episode of Celtic Preacher.